Welcome everybody to the third car cast of the season, the second regular season game for the Dallas Stars. And as I said in our pregame show, well, let's introduce us first, in case you don't know. Yes, so this, this is your first car cast. I'm Sean Shapiro. And Sean Shapiro to my right tonight because I'm behind the wheel, which suggests a much higher probability of a safe return home. <laughs> and, of course, I do already know how to use my windshield washer fluid, so we didn't have to go through that you're, you're ordeal. Taking, you're taking shots during the intro? Yeah, why not? That's what oh, the car man. cast is. Oh, Dirty below the belt from the, from the get-go. I just can't win today. Eh, well, but, just, but the Stars won today. The stars so let's today. segue to that. Yeah. A, um, I said in the pregame show, all due respect to the Arizona Coyotes, tonight against the Winnipeg Jets was going to be a much bigger test for this new Jim so. Montgomery Dallas Stars team. And Sean, on the surface, and after tonight's game, it sure looks like they passed with flying colors. Yeah, um, 5-1 win against Winnipeg. First time since uh, October 25th, 2016, since they beat Winnipeg. Now, snapped eight straight eight, losses. Eight straight losses. Not only was it eight straight losses, it was eight straight losses. Bad the Jets, losses. Jets had scored at least four goals in every game, and... In those, of those, in the last seven games, the Jets have had a hat trick from one player in three of the last seven games. It's crazy. It was. And, and the big dogs for the Jets have, yeah. have done extremely well, but tonight it was the Stars' big guns that outplayed them. Right? I yeah. mean, it was it was a strong night from Ben Bishop, but I don't think I actually think he was tested more against the Coyotes yes, than he was I agree. tonight. Even though he made 32 saves instead of 30 against Arizona, but to me. It was the way the team played in front of Bishop that was better and more uh, improved performance, yeah. which was really encouraging to see adjustments made in a positive way from game to game. And then on top of that, the Stars' top line really showed something. Yeah, we mentioned the, the Jets' big guns showing up in the past eight games, and tonight the Stars' top line just simply dominant. Yep. I mean, two goals for Jamie Benn and an assist, two goals and two assists for Tyler Sagan. Um, it was... Uh, five goals from that yeah, line. five goals from Tried that line. with a goal, two assists. And Jamie Benn hits uh, the 600 mark for his career for point totals. Um, a game where they just... They looked... We talk about them being exciting and electric. This is the type of game where you just roll the tape. Yep. I mean... Look, there are going to be nights where this line dominates, and in, on, on games like that, you're going to say, yep, the elite superstars of this team stepped up and played exceptionally well, and there's a reason why they won and carried it. What we are looking for from the Stars this year is what they had trouble doing last year, which is on nights where the top line isn't clicking like this, and there will be those nights that other guys step in and chip in and get points, and it, it's a team effort. But Sean, the difference tonight, and again, it's very early, so let's not over it's, it's game two and as analyze this. And Monty said this, yes. but but here's the thing: the top line did their job, they won their battles, and. They were able, because of being in the lead, they were able to roll four lines and everybody got involved, even if not everybody was on the score sheet. Yeah, and, and, and you think about the game, and you think about the game from their red line back, you think about the defensive game, I think we really need to harp on that, just because while Bishop was good and he was solid, the only, it wasn't even a mistake, the only goal, the only blemish on this game is an absolute perfect shot by Connor. Great shot by yeah. Kyle Connor. The only criticism I had was it looked like the coverage got skewed a bit because it was when um, 
Bufflin and Mathot came out of the box. It was four on four. They, they came out, it was, what, just two minutes into the second period, and somebody got, the Surge got chasing just a little bit, and Connor hit a shot perfectly. Yeah. Again, there was a miss in coverage there briefly, but you're talking about, uh, you know, really grasping at things because overall they played a very good game. Yeah, and we talk. So there's two. There was really two big talking points in the locker room tonight after the game. Yeah. The first is obviously the top line and how good they were, and, and the power play, which the power play looked great. Um, the power play this year, the key to the power play, and I've talked to Todd Nelson quite a bit, and got a story coming out either tomorrow or Monday, depending on how I decide to work. Um, <laughs> um, if you decide to put a lot of effort yeah, in on a Sunday, yes, you should no, take a day too. You know? no, there's no practice tomorrow, so I might as well. I may take a day off. We'll decide. Yeah. But talked to Todd Nelson quite a bit how he wants to see the rotation and he wants to see the movement on the power play as in players moving their feet as in right. as in, there's no issue with Jamie Benn ending up on the on the half wall there's no issue with Radulov being the net front guy there's no issue with Sagan ending up at the top of the formation in the 1-3-1 and you noticed tonight that on the second or I think it was the second or third power play that Benn and Radulov actually switched sides yeah. from their usual Radulov on the right Sagan on the left just to draw up a difference and guess what happened they scored. Yes. So, and, and we saw that. The other big thing out of tonight, and we got to talk about it, is just because of how much it was harped on by Montgomery and, and all the players, is Brett Ritchie's fight with uh, Brett Ritchie's fight at Adam the end Lowry. Of, with Adam Lowry at the end of the, the second period. Which really came because of the Bufflin cross yes. check on Carrick in the preceding scrum, which all started because Mark Shifley finished his hit on Fox. And not a hard one, but yeah. it was Fox had touched up for a delayed call against Mathot. For holding, yeah. And then Shifley bumps Fox, who turns and goes, hey, I don't like that, gives him, gives him a shove. Carrick comes in to say something, and then all of a sudden Bufflin comes in and unloads with a vicious cross-check on the numbers. Yes. And Carrick gets driven face-first into the dasher, and I think he's very fortunate not to be injured more yes. than just a little bit of blood drawn on the nose. Yeah, and it was, it was one of those plays where, it, in my view, it should have been either... A double minor or a two and a ten. It needed to be or more. A five. Yeah, it needed to be something yes. more than what it was. I, I don't think it's to the level where player safety needs to look at it, but it's. Le- it needs- I don't either. But it- Partly because Carrick is okay. If Carrick. Put it this way, Sean. If Carrick suffered an injury because of that, that's that's a big fallacy. Then I think that changes it, and that's part of the problem, isn't it? Is that is that that's very reactionary? Mm -hmm. Oh, you hurt him on the play, but the potential for injury on a play like that—a cross check from behind, boarding as well to a player after the whistle that is not eligible to be hit. Yeah, that's what where it really elevates to me. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a suspension, but I, you know, look. I would like to see something like that discouraged by more than just a two-minute minor, and then you look later and see the um, the stick in the skates where Fox had got called for tripping, where I don't know if he actually stepped on Fox's stick or if he just fell, but the stick was nearby. And again, I'm not complaining that they called that, but that and Bufflin are of equal penalized values, and that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, it's... That that's we talk about things that you're trying to take out of the game. We talk about headshots. You know, the hit by Buffalo is the thing that you want out of the game completely. You don't want a guy getting ran in the numbers well, into the and, boards. And again, I don't have a big issue with the referees tonight. But Jason Dickinson was called for an illegal check to the head. 
for a check that he made to the chest. And if you see the bench, it was on Christian Veselainen, their yeah. 2017 first-round pick. Veselainen was on the jumbotron motioning to uh, one of his coaches, or maybe the trainers. Yeah. It looked like he came down and leaned over and said, are you okay? And he pointed and said, no, he hit me in the chest. Yeah. So, oh boy. ironically... That was a commentary on a car. Yes. <laughs> Somebody missed their turn and almost veered into yeah. us. We're okay, though. We're fine. But isn't that kind of funny is that I think Dickinson probably had to feel hard-pressed to get a penalty for what looked like a legal check to the chest. Yeah. Again, referees have a very tough job. I, I did feel that hit was unnecessary by Dickinson. Not that it was a bad hit. I just felt it was... It didn't need to. It didn't need to be, and... Again, if there's a guy who's trying to bring energy on the fourth line, play a certain role, and also um, try to keep his lineup spot because if Valanchushkin comes back in, it's going to create a trickle-down, which yeah. means somebody leaves. And Look, we talked about Brett Ritchie not making much impact at all or notice in the preseason, really until maybe the last couple of days. Well, Sean, he's upped his game in the first two of the regular season Yeah, and really showed... A, a positive impact on the forward line. And it's not just about the fighting, although that certainly catches the eye, but he has done something that's like, the coaches are going to go, hey, I don't think we can take him out of the lineup. And the thing he's, he's not going to have 82 fights. No, he's, no, no, he's not going to be. And the thing he's done um, that in the past we needed to see Burt Ritchie score. And the Stars still need depth scoring. That's that's they definitely need, as as great as tonight was, no one other than Ben Sagan and Radulov scored. Right. So they'd still need depth scoring. But they didn't need it tonight. <laughs> but Richie but Richie for a fourth line role, for a line that can build and generate energy and be frustrating to play against Richie's doing his job. Well, and that's just it. Yeah. You're, you're fourth. You, you want depth scoring, and if you get one from your third or fourth line, you're, it always is a good thing. But the fourth line particularly, their job isn't necessarily to go score a goal. It's to create positive momentum and energy like you were just talking about so that the goals are a bonus really with that group. You want them to try to score at times, but that's not their, their primary objective, is it? Yeah. Shift to shift. Yes. I mean, it was... I, I thought that fourth line did its job tonight. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I look at yeah. it. And I, I said to my co-host, Brad Lukowicz, in the post-game show, when your fourth line is on the ice to finish a game that you're winning, that has to feel really good because it means you're not trying to cling to a victory and teams yeah. are playing well. They did a good job of, for lack of a better word, playing to the score when they had the lead tonight. Yep. As far as just I thought they managed yeah. the game well. Yes. Um, a couple other guys who just... I mean, we talked about him getting drilled, but I thought Connor Carrick did a good job of solidifying himself in the lineup again tonight. Like, I mean, he is being been way above expectation. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even think he was going to play the first game yeah. just simply because of lack of time with the yeah. club. And we we saw that we actually thought Julius Honka was in the game lineup on for uh, Thursday, Thursday yeah. until we found out after the pregame skate that he wasn't. And Sean, you look back down, and there's no doubt that Carrick is the right decision in the first two games. Yes. The amount of uh, if you want, so the amount of uh, Toronto people because I, I, yeah. I was at one point today when Carrick had his third assist so of the, the season. First goal. Yeah, in the first goal, he had his third assist of the season. You saw my tweet, I'm sure. And I, I know. Fun fact. Yes. There was a couple, uh, he got picked up by the Twitterverse. Oh, Maple, 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 Maple Leafs fan went nuts on that, where obviously... Connor Carrick was leading the Stars in scoring for about, what, five minutes? Roughly, yeah. And then Ben scored, yeah. tied it, and then he scored again and took the lead, and that was yeah. it. But again... 
I mean, that's what uh, Luco said. This is are these the two best games in Connor Carrick's life, or is he just a guy that's going to really bring something to yeah. the team? I mean, he, he's he's done a really good job of solidifying himself a spot where yep. you think. Even when Johns comes back, how can you take him out? And I'm not saying Johns doesn't come in. I'm saying no. That Johns would come in, but yeah, the, right. And this is the same thing we talk about with the forwards with Val. Yeah. Is you know you have to have a great game so that they look at somewhere else to take a guy yes. out. And Carrick is not the guy that comes out if Johns is yeah, healthy, which we don't know when yeah, he's yeah, gonna We be. don't know. That's that's obviously a big if. But right now, Carrick yeah, is kind of in my mind at least. Carrick has grabbed that fifth spot on that depth did chart. You know, yeah, I think he is five right yeah. now. And did you notice as well that? When the Stars had a power play, which they had a few, and they were really good on the power play tonight, and Klingberg was out there for a rather decent length of time, the first defensive pairing after that power play goal was Lindell and Carrick. Yes, I did. And I think that speaks volumes, too. That's a great pairing to come back with, with Klingberg tired after a long power play shift. Yes, very much so. Yep. Want to hop into the uh, lightning rounds? I think we should get to it because I'm sure they're blowing it up tonight. Yep, and also we, uh, when, when you have the top line score that often, there's not as many guys to... We, we, we can, look, we can talk what, so Sean, much about Sven Sagan and Radulov and... One more thought season. quickly, I'm sure that might be asked as well, but we'll jump to it now, is the second line didn't score tonight, but they yeah. had a couple of good looks. Uh, Spets had that on... Um, he had a great scoring chance before Ben's second effort on the power play to score, so he, he got an assist on that. He had a great setup for Yanmark in the third period. Uh, you know, Thursday night he had a couple of looks and also set up Devin Shore, who tonight I thought Spets passed to Shore. I thought Shore missed it, but then when you watch the replay, you realize that he obliterated the top part of Hellebuck's goal stick. Yes. Again. Oh, you didn't. That was. I, I, I couldn't I, see it live. Yeah, I, I thought. I. Th I actually thought that I what thought, I saw yeah. going wide was the puck, but it was actually the top of the it was, stick. It was actually quite comical. The handle because, went flying by because way. Hellebuck went about two and a half minutes with with half a goalie, half stick. A goalie stick. And for those who don't know, it actually, fun fact. Yes, fun fact. Goalie is the only player allowed to uh, play with a broken stick. Actually, to keep going. Yes, with a spear. But I'll tell you what. Uh, my point is, is that although it didn't show up on the score sheet, I actually thought that. Um, the, the second line created a couple of chances. I'd like to see more from them, but it's encouraging. And I still think, though, Sean, that there may be something with Valen Shushkin could bring to that line that I'm not sure if Blake Como did. And I, yeah. I'm not sure, but I also think Como could be really good with Pitlick and Foxa. So, again, um, good problems to have early in the season. Yes. All right, let's hop into the lightning round here. We'll start with uh, Zach, who is uh, feeling really good tonight. He says, uh, where should the parade route run through yeah. June? <laughs> I was saying that the Stars' next opponent, Toronto, has probably already mapped that out. Yeah. For uh, downtown Toronto. How many questions is Tyler saying going to have to answer on Tuesday morning from the Toronto media about why he didn't do the John Tavares? Oh, I think he'll have a few. Yeah. I think it might be a few. Um, Speaking a, of which, Sean, how about the Tyler Sagan moment from practice yesterday in Frisco? I put it in my story. It's in the 2020 today. I mentioned it on yeah. our pregame and our postgame show. Um, for those of you that don't know, read Sean's article, but Sagan had a fun moment with the garbage can yes. in practice and predicted clairvoyantly that he was going to score a goal. I don't think he predicted two, so I can't wait to talk to him on Monday in practice and, and say kudos to your uh, foresight. Yes. Nostradamus. So, yeah. The uh, next question we have from Aaron here is... Who's going to explain goal interference to players and coaches so they stop arguing obvious calls? Um, real quick, 
no one argued the call tonight. While the player obviously made a uh, yes, well, uh, well, well. While the player made the complaint that hey, I didn't do anything, the you Jets didn't. See it lip the, reading yeah, very yeah, clearly. The Jets did not challenge the call. Yes. Uh, and and even Paul Maurice even said after the game they were given a video before the season about how something needs to be really conclusive for it to be challenged. That's why the Jets didn't challenge tonight. So I think that message has actually been sent already because we had a coach say we didn't challenge it because we had gotten that video at the start of the year. Which is fair, yeah. right? They were aware of it. And I think the NHL, I think the hardest thing, Sean, about this rule and this video review system for goalie interference is it's because it's more subjective than, than challenging for offside. And last year, a lot of people said, I don't know what goaltending is. And even Montgomery said tonight, if you can explain the goalie interference rule yeah. to me, I would appreciate it. Because there is a lot of of doubt and indecision and, or uh, unknowns because it's more subjective and the league is trying to get rid of some of that by saying hey if it's borderline it's probably not going to be overturned. Okay. Next question is uh, do you think Monty's going to ride this lineup until it loses or still a chance Smith or Honka gets swapped in? Um, I don't. Uh, that's not the one I would say no, gets swapped in. No, the, I don't think on, on this front He's not changing his defense. He likes Pollock and Carricker. Pollock and Carrick right now. That's Here's not my question. Um, if it were, if you were going to do it, Toronto's probably the team because they're faster up front, and I don't think they're as heavy a team as the uh, as the Winnipeg Jets are. That being said, uh, Roman Pollock played for them. So did Carrick. So they know these guys very well. Why wouldn't you keep them out there? I mean, it works both ways, right? But I, the only guy that comes in for me if he's available and healthy is Val Nachushkin. And again, you could argue that take him, give him more time because the group was playing well. And I, I know some people aren't going to like this, but I don't see when Jamel Smith gets back into the lineup without an injury. I just see, they're, they're carrying an extra forward. I, and, and honestly, right? honestly, honestly, I look at with, with Val healthy. They've got two extra forwards right yeah. now. If Johns comes back, then there's a real question mark. If, do yeah. they keep eight defensemen or do they go with fourteen forwards? If Johns comes back, if if or when Johns when comes back, comes back. Hopefully, when he comes yeah. back, Jamel Smith will be waived and sent to Cedar Park. Do you think that? Do you think they'll go with the eight defensemen? Yes, I do. I think I think Jim has been Jim Nill has been burned too much on losing defensemen on waivers in the past, and also injuries and injuries that he is too scared to not carry eight when it means having to send someone through waivers. Right. The interesting so, thing, though, is that it looked like, in, in all our forecasting, that Gavin Bayreuther was going to make his NHL debut and make the opening night roster, and then really struggled in the last two exhibition games against more NHL-heavy lineups, mm -hmm. and that changed his his trajectory. He was going to be one of the surprises of Camden and yeah. make the NHL. He still was one of the surprises of Camden. And I, and I think he, it's a matter of time. I just think it's going to take a little bit longer than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. And obviously we'll see, but if you have these eight, then you don't need to go and in, dip into the AHL well just yet. And um, no. I looked at the, the Texas Stars starting sixth defense last night for their opener. And it looks really good for an AHL lineup. Yeah, and and they they were good again tonight. From what I haven't watched that game yet, from what I've heard, they were good again tonight defensively down yep. there. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, Hawk, Hawk has a chance of getting in before Smith gets in. I just, I just don't see when Jamel Smith gets back into this lineup because I don't see who comes out. And when Val comes back in, whoever comes out for Val will be above Smith in the depth chart. Yes. Right now, so, you would think that it was just, just, it would just by the nature of how it's been so yeah. far. Um, but here's the thing, Sean. If Smith or Honka want to get back in the lineup, there's only one way for them to do that without an injury, and is to absolutely elevate their game and, and have huge practices to the point where the coaches go, you know what? They've been great. We need to get them in a game because they've been practicing like world it's, beaters. Yeah, but it's, it's not it, easy it, to do. And it's, hard, it's really hard for Smith to do because his practice role now is, okay, I'm the fill-in for a guy taking a maintenance day. Yep. Um, or there's been times where he's been dressed as a defenseman in practice. Right, and, and so I'm not just, saying it's going to be easy, I'm, but oh, yeah. it's the only approach you have to take. Yes. Remember Greg Patteron, yeah. before he got his run last year with the Stars. He was scratched the first nine games, right. was he? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And he said, I just have to go out there and approach every day and do yeah. as much as I can do, be a great pro, go home. Turn, and, and even uh, Connor Carrick said this. I have to switch off and enjoy the rest of my day because otherwise I'll go crazy. Yeah. So anyway, moving on. The next question from our uh, question took us on a tangent. From our old pal Teddy Berlin here. Oh, what was Teddy. the uh, medium meal, dessert, and/or snack today? Well, you didn't get that, but you got the upstairs meal. I Did you go to town on the, the tenders? No, I'm still not eating meat right now. No, you're on a uh, cleanse or something. I'm doing some sort of cleanse. I'm doing this cleanse thing with a uh, 22-day thing with. Uh, oh, not a 30-day thing. I thought it was 20, a month 22 off. days because the. Uh, the, the logic is it takes 21 days to build a habit, so you do something for 22 days. Oh, so you do one more. You just do one more than the bare minimum. Yes. All right. And then... Uh, not, not 30 days. I felt better, though. I've been... I've been I, I don't I, doubt that. I've been feeling really good. I've been feeling healthy. Yeah. Um, so I had some of the pretzels in the press box, and... Uh, did you eat before the game? I did. All right. Before, I did. You, before you left? Yeah, I, did. I, had, a, I had a pretty good uh, salad at home. Um, not like the mushroom risotto the other night. Okay. But uh, I also had a uh, had a uh, had a pretty good pizza that was basically like a tomato pie that was the had the all the veggies and yeah. the sauce and everything it just didn't have the cheese no on cheese. it. Cheese. So it was pretty good though. All right. Well, uh, for Teddy's purposes, I did partake in the meal room downstairs, and we had chicken and pork and street corn, which is always a popular. Street corn is a good. And then the tres leches bread pudding. With the chocolate chips and the whipped cream and stuff, so yes, I uh, I threw a few calories down before tonight's game, but I didn't partake with the upstairs chicken tenders, which is a huge fan of the media press box row because when you eat as much as I did in the pregame, uh, and if you go to chet tenders after that, you're just you're just over, did, overindulging yourself. They did smell good. I didn't have them, but they smelled good. Um, and, and, yeah. the, and, and the chicken tenders have been more frequent than the mystery meat. Yeah, you don't like this, the pulled pork or pulled or shredded chicken. That the they fact eat. I don't know what type Which of meat is, is pulled tells me exactly why I don't need it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, All right. um, opinions on celebrating higher goals. Example, Segi on the fifth compared to Kuznetsov on his seventh goal the other night. Oh, you mean like higher goals in terms of the, the scoreboard? Like, yes. Two things. I am a fan of goal celebrations because it shows the emotion and passion of which you play in the game. Mm -hmm. um, I highly respect Joe Sackick. He is the benchmark of the don't celebrate, act like you've done it before. Yeah. And I respect him greatly. But I much prefer an Alex Ovechkin or Alexander Radulov or basically anybody named Alex uh, jumping and going crazy and doing the equivalent of the Lambo leap on ice because 
hockey is a passionate, energetic game, and it's better when you have engaging players that bring that out with the fans because it's fun, right? I like organized team celebrations in the NFL. I'm glad that the league has softened that a little bit to have a little bit of fun instead of being the no-fun league, as everybody yeah. says. Well, let's, let's put it this I'm way. I'm the same way with hockey. Let's put it this way. Hockey is a game. Games are supposed to be fun. We didn't use that on the last card cast, so I'm glad you went back to the Mr. Three or Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. Um, a Finnish buddy of mine was confused that Miro hadn't really been interviewed in front of camera yet. So I guess I'm asking for him. How come and how is his English? Um, Miro's English is really good, actually. Um, when I did my story on last month on him and his upbringing and his parents, he was actually my translator for his parents on a couple of the questions. For a 19-year-old. Um, his English is pretty good. He just doesn't... He's he's much like... He's very much like the typical Finn. He doesn't really say too much. Um, it's very straightforward. Um, I think his answers are brief. His answers are brief. He, he was interviewed today. I think the stars... They did put him on I think uh, they put the him website. On, I think they put him on camera today. Yep. Um, and he was fine. He just kind of sort of said the same thing. Yeah, and again, yeah. I, he'll get better and better with that the more he does it. And, and my thing on a lot of this is a lot of guys, and this is just from my own perspective, a lot of the stuff I get from people that I use in stories rarely comes from the stuff we get when people are on camera. Because, it's more of because, the one-on-one. -on -one. Because people yeah. who, people, when someone's on camera, it's there's a different element well, to it. players are way more on their guard and trying not to say things that will end up being bulletin board material. Yeah. When the cameras aren't there, there things are a little bit more relaxed. And let's face it, Sean, Miro's current defensive partner is the other end of the interview spectrum, who may be one of the greatest players to interview yes. ever in hockey. Mark Mathot is a great interview. And it's not just because of his personality. He also is incredibly eloquent. He's intelligent. and But his, let's face it, his personality is... I mean, he's just a fabulous interview. And if he wants to coach or if he wants to go to the broadcast booth after his playing career is over, I think he can easily do that. Yep. Um, last one, and then we'll uh, close out for the night. Um, why do so many players squirt water on the ice or in the penalty box before taking a drink? See, that's the interesting thing now because the water bottles have changed. It used to be ones where you had a pop top or you maybe had to uh, drink out of a straw. Mm -hmm. The old style water bottles, the rocky ones where you could squirt them but you really sucked it out of the straw. Now these ones are squeeze bottles and ones where you don't even have to pop the top because they have sort of a, a pressure mm -hmm. uh, oh, uh, valve where you squeeze in, but it, it's sort of like a, a silly uh, germaphobic habit, isn't it? Yeah. You squeeze a little and then yeah. you drink. It's yeah. not pouring one out for the homies. No, it's not. It's, I think it's just a habit. Um, it's it's make sure you rinse off the, the top before because somebody else might have uh, a shared water bottle. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll end it with one last thing here. That's a weird way to go. Yeah, no, let's so, move on. So let's that. just real quick, we'll just, we'll just take a quick scope forward here. Okay. Toronto on Tuesday. We talked about Winnipeg being a big test. Tuesday's another game where it's early. Montgomery talked about it after the game, said it's only game two. Let's not get all too right. caught up. But Tuesday's another game where you got a Toronto team coming in that is supposed to be one of the better teams in the NHL this year. This is another opportunity for the Stars to kind of prove they should be back in that conversation. And also in front of one of the heaviest media contingencies that travels. Mm -hmm. If they do it in front of the, the the Maple Leafs media, it's the only trip they make this year, Toronto media. And if so, if you have a good game with all the eyes of of one of the central media markets in the in the sport in the world, 
and there's no doubt Toronto's one of those, then you're going to get a lot more notice later in the season if you continue to play well. Hey, remember we saw in Dallas this year how good they were. It's it, it's it's a big yes. thing. It's a big thing for. It's actually. It's not just a stars thing. There's a big mo- opportunity, and we, we we overhype things a lot. I realize that not <laughs> not us in general, but the media, the media hype overhype. But there's a big opportunity as far as if Miro if Miro Heiskanen wants to be in the Calder Trophy conversation, yes. he needs a good game against Toronto. Yep. If John Klingberg's going to win the Norris Trophy, he needs a good game against Toronto. Yep. It's, it, that's yep. just how how things play out because of how many people cover that team, how many voters there are in that that's city. That's a big point as well. And for, also for, national media yeah. guys that, that are more tuned in to Toronto because of where they live just, just for than exa- anywhere else. Just for example, and, and, and people talk about East Coast bias and voting and things like that. It's, also, it's just based on pure numbers. And I can, for example, the amount the people who get to vote on the major awards... There's only two people in Dallas who get to vote on those right. awards, yep. and as opposed to Toronto, where that contingent is, it could be 25 people big. For right. I don't have that list. And in front if of me, you but. are in the division or the conference where you see them three to five times, that's going to give you a, a better opportunity to make your case in front of those guys than it is when you see them once or twice a year. Yes, very much so. Yep. So. Something just to keep an eye on and think about on Tuesday. Um, obviously, the biggest thing is whether they win or lose. Um, yes. Everyone, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, enjoy your Sunday.